Welcome to Roadmap to One Million. My name is Stacey Zeal, and if you're looking to make more money, gain your time back, and rapidly grow your visibility so that you can impact way more people with your brilliance, you're in the right place. This podcast is your one-stop shop for turning your online business dreams into a reality. My main goal is to give women entrepreneurs just like you the marketing strategies, guidance, and expert insights you need to hit that million-dollar milestone and beyond. Whether you're a coach, a consultant, or an online brand that wants to make a big impact, Roadmap to One Million gives you the actionable strategies and inspiration you need so that you can implement right away, no fluff, no fuss. So CEO, are you ready to buckle up and accelerate your growth? Be sure to follow the show and let's dive in. Get ready to uncover your Roadmap to One Million. All right, y'all. We are back on the Roadmap to One Million podcast. Another awesome guest. I am so excited. Let me tell you, I've been excited for this guest. And I know I always tell y'all I'm excited. I get that. But this one, I'm very, very, very to excited. Everyone. Yes. <laughs> I'm just a very excited kind of person. I get very excited when I talk to other people, especially when I talk to marketers, especially when I talk to someone who I've been like learned so, so much from. Um, and so I'm excited to welcome Sarah Moon of Sarah Moon & Co. to the show. So welcome, Sarah. How are you today? Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love talking to you. I love talking to you too. This is going to be a jam-packed episode, y'all. So I want you to make sure that you have your pens, your iPad pen, your pencils, whatever you're using to take some notes. Please make sure that you're taking notes because this is going to be great. But before we start talking about what you, which y'all have seen that the show title is about, I want to talk a little bit about your story because I read your bio and you said in your bio that you created Sarah, Sarah Moon & Co. by accident or by mistake um, after a layoff. So tell me a little bit about that story, about like a little bit about your background and how you started your company by mistake. <laughs> As a joke, but it's also super true. Like, I think it's funny, right? Like most people have these like wonderful, like, like I started my business on a mission to transform this thing. And it's like, no, like I started my business because I needed money. Like, like straight up, like that was, I mean, it, it's, that's just the, re- it, I, I look at these folks who are able to sort of start businesses progressively while they have a day job. And I'm like, that looks incredible. Mm. It just like, it must be amazing. <laughs> but that's not my story. Um, I actually have, I, I don't know how far you want me to go back. <laughs> wherever you feel, wherever you feel like you want to start. <laughs> but you know, my, my background actually, and I don't know if I've talked about this on other podcasts I've been on, but I actually, you know, educationally, my background is in social sciences. So I am, I have one of those like weird degrees that, and a weird graduate degree and turns out, and my plan was to kind of go down an academic trajectory. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I tell people that very often. Um, and at that time when I finished grad school, it was early 2000s. There was not a lot of opportunities. And I also had the real um, good fortune of always being a really good writer. And so I'm like, I need a job. So many of my my life choices have been motivated by like, I need money. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Which I mean... I mean, real talk, like it's, that's something that motivates a lot of us. Like I need to be able to support myself. And so I started like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm good at writing stuff. Good at writing stuff. Let's start looking at jobs where I like can write stuff. And that's how I ended up in my first, what we call at the time communications job. So I think you come from kind of the world of the communications generalists too, right? Where, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're, if communications or marketing 
major thing. Yes, you're working on the marketing side, but you're also probably working on the PR side and maybe you're doing something with the website and mm-hmm. social media was kind of new. So there, so there was lots of all those pieces. So there wasn't, now there's these super specific folks, right? Who they're like, I do, you know, this one slice of marketing. And that's just not, that's actually relatively new. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So I got a pub, uh, it was actually a nonprofit, but kind of public communicator type job, doing a lot of writing, that sort of thing. Um, a bunch of crazy stuff happened because it was one of those awful toxic work environments. And little Sarah in her first job ended up being a director of communications. <laughs> I can I say I love that because I feel like that's how something like so many of us start sometimes. It's like you go into a job and then you're like, okay, I have no experience, but I have a degree. And they're like, okay, now you're in charge of all of the marketing. Degree <laughs> in the thing that I was doing. So like, I was literally clueless. <laughs> literally. And like making it up as it went along, which now upon reflection, actually, I think was kind of, for me, kind of a good thing. Cause I had no... I had n- came in with no preconceived notions and ended up being a director of communications, went on and actually went, moved on from there and focused on the pub on public communications, public sector, PR and marketing and messaging, which I really loved. I actually became FEMA certified in um, basically disaster communications. So I have a neat little certificate from the Emergency Management Association. That's a cool. fun fact. I love that. <laughs> fun fact. And actually, I would have to say that is the bets to this day. That is the most useful training I have ever had in my life because like, <laughs> yes, absolutely changed the way I think about communications as a system mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like marketing as a system in a very, cause that's a very specific way of thinking and the way that information travels, not just down, but out and up. It was a complete reframe for me about just how messages disseminate to different levels of people and different and di- the different levels of people need different information framed in different ways that kind of cons I mean you know this like you're you're an ads genius so you know this like different audiences mm-hmm. need the information differently and that's mm-hmm. so that completely just absolutely transformed my thinking so I always I always have to like shout out to to FEMA shout out to FEMA <laughs> and then- <laughs> Ran, you know, so I ended up running like communication department in New Mexico at a large school system um, and then ended up moving back to my home state, Oregon, um, and did similar work here in the public sector. So that fast forwarded us to 2008. I wrote the city of Portland's first social media policy. Like, how weird is that? Oh, Another fun fact. <laughs> We're no, going to have some fun facts about Sarah. <laughs> Continually weird, like doing again. I I was always to that, even to that point, kind of just figuring out, like, oh, this thing that's happening. Like people are using Facebook a lot. This seems important if we're trying to reach the public. Like, let's figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, people are using Twitter to get, like, they're starting to use Twitter. Like, let's figure out how to use that to like reach more of the public. Like, this really kind of fun part of that field of like working really having an obligation to the public as a large. so you know in in business we always are telling people your audience isn't the whole world mm-hmm. in public communication a lot of times your audience actually is the whole world yeah. like it's you know your city your state you know whatever so you have to really get creative to get is that information out to all different types of people who have different barriers. They may have language barriers. They have may, may have internet access barriers. They may have, I mean, there's so many, you know, people don't have TVs. They don't have, 
so many access barriers with communication. So, you know, that's where, you know, we had to really think, yes, we need to put out press releases, but we also need to like hang info on door hangers in neighborhoods. So it's like that kind of very interesting, anyway, very interesting work. Um, and so I was doing that work um, here in Portland and we all know what happened in 2008, right? Like if you've watched the big short, <laughs> you know what happened. The economy just and what a lot of folks don't realize is that there were mass some of the earliest layoffs were actually public sector layoffs because um budgets you know are reliant on the tax revenue and so we got hit really early with these like oh crap like there's all the we're we're not getting the revenue that we would expect and so you know who you know this probably you know when companies and when governments look at who to get rid of first they're like, oh, those marketers, what do they do over there? We don't know. <laughs> like, we don't know. Like, they just seemed like they all kind of dress a little cuter than everyone else. Right, exactly, like, exactly. They don't, they're, they're always tweeting. <laughs> they seem like they're like having a little more fun than the rest of us. Exactly. They're not doing any actual work. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're always like, just talking. Right. So, <laughs> sure. so you know, I, uh, we, you know, my department got hit hard. You know, I was the very first person to get laid off in my bureau. That was fun. Um, and I was like, and then I started applying for jobs and I was like, I would be applying for equivalent jobs and there would be like, you know, where I'd normally have 30 applicants, it would be 300. Wow. And, you know, yeah. And I was just like, this is bad, you know? And I was like, like in a finalist situation for a bunch of, and I was like, this is bad. And like, there was, cause it was just bad. And I was like, I need to do something. And so I actually ended up talking to my former employer and being like, so I noticed you haven't really done anything with that project that I had to drop because I got laid off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that led to my first client. And um, I actually got paid by my former employer to finish a bunch of work um, that had been put um, on the table, you know, tabled because I was gone. And that was kind of the beginning of that. I also did get a part-time job writing for a magazine and doing, you know, which very lucrative. <laughs> and then another, another part, another equally lucrative part-time job teaching college marketing classes. I, love I mean, it. I, love I was it. rolling in the dough as you right, can imagine. Right. And, but also growing this business kind of like, I was like a freelancer and I was like, well, I guess this is going to stick. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, I remember having that kind of epiphany, like this seems to be something that's, you know, and I remember reaching the same revenue that was my salary mm -hmm. at that previous job. And I was like, there's no way I could get a job that pays this much right now. Mm -hmm. And sort of like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. Leading your marketing as the CEO can be time consuming and draining, which leads to inconsistent marketing and slow growth. If you're looking to supercharge your sales, gain your precious CEO time back, and increase your impact, our fractional chief marketing officer service at Stacey Zeland Co. is your secret weapon. Picture this, no more missed deadlines, no more unfinished campaigns, no more jumping from tactic to tactic. You can absolutely achieve all of that without pouring more of your time into marketing, even if you have a small and inexperienced team. Want to know how? Head over to stacyzeal.co slash CMO right now to watch our free video. We'll show you the exact strategies and tactics that have helped countless online service providers, coaches, and consultants just like you skyrocket their sales with their existing team. 
Don't miss out on this opportunity to transform your business. Visit stacyzeal.co slash CMO today to watch the video and get ready to make more money, gain your time back, and increase your impact. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Mm-hmm. I love Is that. Is that short enough? That was and, a good and I do short. actually need to, I actually do need to say, it's been, it, because I know you have a pretty, an audience that's in a lot of different stages in their business growth. And, you know, I have this real privilege of having 15 years of business to look back on. And, you know, I think about what I started doing, this sort of consulting model. And then I I sort of moved in almost like all, I was actually kind of on this trajectory to more of an agency model mm-hmm. um, that sort of over time kind of evolved, you know, with some team doing lots of execution. And, um, and then I, I lost a really critical team member at the end of last year. And I was like, you know, like, what is it that's like, do I want to continue on this almost an agency trajectory and like prove the point that you can have an ethical agency? If y'all could see me, I'm doing air quotes, like prove the point that I could have an ethical agency. Cause I had this in my mind that I could like somehow prove this, or do I want to really think about why, why did I start doing what I'm doing? And it's because I love the consulting. So I kind of phased out a lot of that agency stuff that we were doing on the back end and have been really moved back to sort of the roots of why I started doing what I'm doing, which is more the consulting side of things. So I just, I always want to tell people like, it's been like a, like a peaks and valleys, loopy, loop-de-loop kind of journey as like, I've sort of figured out what I want this business to look like. And it could look different again in the future. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't hear, um, is that your business will go through sort of almost cycles or like life stages. And that's something I just want to tell people like, and that's cool. Like you're not flaky or weird or, you know, it's just the way things are, yeah. you know? Yeah. I love that. And I appreciate that because that's really like how my journey has gone as well. Where when I first left Zappos, I had started an ad agency. Cause I was like, well, I know how to run Facebook ads and you know, right. ads, so I'm just gonna start an ad agency got a bunch of clients, realized I hated it. I mean, not that I hated it, but it's more so like I realized that when I was at Zappos, I was running ads. I was building ads, you know, for four years, like building tons of ads and all that. And I realized that towards the end of my time at Zappos, I wanted to be more in a strategic role. Like I didn't want to be in the day-to-day building of ads. And so what I did was I ended up starting a business that put me right back into the role that I was trying to get out of. And I didn't like it. Exactly. And I didn't like it. And so, and also I realized when I was running ads for people, most of the problem that people, that people had was their marketing strategy. It wasn't the ads, like running ads to a broken funnel is not going to grow your business. Right. Absolutely. So I was doing more consulting work, doing more strategy stuff. And I realized that that's what I really, really like to do. And you know, I've gone on these like peaks and valleys and that kind of stuff like that. And so I appreciate you saying that because that makes me feel better because I just was like, oh my gosh, why do I keep changing? I keep pivoting. I keep doing this. I keep doing that. But it's like, no, that's a part of the journey. It's, it, that's what it it's absolutely is. And the thing is that trying something and getting the information that no, that's not quite the right fit is so much smarter than being like, what if it's not the right fit or sticking to something that's not the right fit because you made a big deal of this year thing now. Like get the information. Information is neutral. It is not good. It's not bad. It's neutral. Get the information and make a decision based on that information that you've gotten. And I, I also ended up in the same situation where I was like managing projects and almost like triaging things. And I was not getting the opportunity to sit down with someone and being like, okay, so what's working? What's not working? How can we help this, you know, help you 
like optimize what you've got? How can we help you grow your vision? Like that kind of stuff. I was not getting to do that hands-on because I was moving cards on project management software. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's, is that the best use of my brain? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love, <clears throat> I love all of that. And one of the <laughs> things you said when you were, when you first started talking, it was something that I think um, is so important to hit on is that I remember also like when I started in marketing, at least like, you know, when I started in my career in marketing that, you know, we, I had to know, I remember digital marketing was a specialization at that point. Right. Like saying yeah. you were a digital marketer, like, you know, I like, cause everybody it was radical. Yeah, it was like before <laughs> it was like, oh, it's all traditional. It's print, it's billboards. And I, you know, I remember being at a job where we were like talking about billboards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, about like, toilet ads, <laughs> like literally ads on the inside of toilet stalls. <laughs> that is so funny. Captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so sitting there in the look bar. Like, you're gonna you're gonna look right at it. That's, That's really good it. ROI. I bet. I bet. Because everybody who goes in there sees it. Like every everybody. <laughs> that is hilarious. And so, you know, now like we were saying, like you're we're in a space where everybody is specialized. And like you said, that is a very new kind of thing. And I think yeah. that because and I would love to hear your opinion on this, that I think that because now we're in a world that is so specialized that business owners who are not marketers like us coming into this space are really kind of siloing themselves yeah. and they're not looking at their marketing holistically. They're either getting stuck where they're like, okay, I do Facebook and I do Facebook alone and that's how I make my money and that's it. And I hire a Facebook a person who's a Facebook expert to teach me how to do that, where I hire somebody to take a course that teach me how to do reels and things like that. And people are not looking at their marketing in a holistic kind of space. They're not, they're not looking at it five miles down the road. Like I'm <laughs> pointing at the road outside my window and, um, you know, I get it. Like there are loads of tactics that you can implement ads, social, um, you know, what I, a lot of what I do, like is, is search, you know, search engine funnels, um, uh, networking referrals. I mean, there's any of these things will work and will actually work for quite a long time. However, I, I am somewhat risk averse. I'd like to have a plan that is, that can weather like ups and downs and weird stuff. And that's where talking to someone who has, who maybe like, I, you don't want me implementing your Facebook ads, but I tell you, I tell people all the time. I'm like, you know, I think something you need to think about in the next year is adding ads to the mix because you're going to have a really strong body of work that you could run ads to we know that people when they read these articles or watch these videos or what have you we know that they get into your funnel we have that data you could explode your reach by investing in ads now i'm not going to run your ads like i'm going to tell you to go talk to stacy but but i know enough of like the holistic side of things that like how it all works together to be able to recommend these tactics but what a lot of newer business owners are doing is and this is not their fault so if you're feeling like called out i don't want you to feel that that way this is this is because of the information you're given um folks are self-diagnosing like what tactic they need to do and they're finding like a social media manager who can like write great social media copy and they're getting clients from the social media, but they don't know what else to do with that because they've self-diagnosed, oh, I need to do more social or -hmm. they've self-diagnosed, I need to do more ads. And there's, so they're kind of piecing it together without an overarching strategy statement or even with their goals for, you know, three, five, 10 years. Like, do you want to exit your business? Well, Mm -hmm. we need to build different systems and tools 
that allow you to do that? Do you want to convert your business from say, like a done for you service provider to more of a thought leadership speaking type business down the line. Like there's again, different path. Like we would go do a totally different approach. Um, do you want to just ex explode the scope and size of your law firm? Great. We can do that different approach. And like, there's different pieces that, but when you're self-diagnosing, like what you need to do to like, you know, step like 300 feet down the road, mm -hmm. like you're miss. there's things that you'll miss and that's not your fault. It's just what you hear when you Google. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah. I have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I think that I, I love like, that. How long, how much time do we have for this podcast? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things like, that's why I love your content and what you talk about because Yes, SEO is your thing and search funnels are yes. your thing. But the it's a SEO, holistic, right? like you do have a holistic view of marketing and can see how exactly. all of these things work together. Because what I see is sometimes people end up have their marketing ends up operating in silos where they're like, hey. okay, I have ads over here doing this and ads are doing its thing. YouTube's over here doing this and it's doing its thing. I'm creating blog posts and it's over here doing this thing. And I'm like, well, how is everything working together? Because when There's everything no works together, the whole ship rises. Like we were talking about that in um, last week's episode with Jamar. And if you haven't listened to that, so make sure you go check that out. We talked about YouTube. One but of my one favorite people. Talk about, yes. And that's how I met. I met Jamar through Sarah. Um, one of the things we talked about and one of the, the points he made was just about how when everything starts to work together, the whole ship starts to rise. And I think that that's something that we're definitely missing um, in today's marketing. So Jamar is one of my clients. So I'm like, I'm so proud that he's, he used that metaphor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, the teaching is sticking. When the teacher is good, the teaching sticks. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and that's so, so I, so a lot of folks know me because I'm really good at leveraging the search engine. Um, and what I, but what's really interesting is I have a whole framework and system that I use. That search engine piece is actually only one of like the nine or so steps that I use. Now it's a great hook. It's super sellable because people are like, I heard that I need to do SEO, right? So I'm, I'm no fool. Like I'm really practical. Like I want to have a business that lasts a long time and makes good money. So like, obviously I talk about the search engine a lot. And so people come in, they do these discovery calls. Like I hear, I want to rank in Google. I'm like, cool, cool. So let's talk about your goals. Let's right. talk about your business. Yeah. You know, right. and I, cause I call myself a marketing and business strategist because I don't think those two things can be separated. They are, you know, they're, they're holding hands, skipping through the field. Yes. And, um, <laughs> I've used dorky metaphors. Apologies to I pictured all of it. your I pictured all of your non-dorky listeners who are very cool and glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's only one piece, and it like I said, it's it's appealing and it's attractive, and the way I talk about it is really different than the way other people have have talked about it. So there's something that gets people in. Um, but then they see how we can use the data to like make messaging decisions because we can understand, we can use that search engine data to see like, oh, well, that's interesting. My audience is actually Googling a really different term than the one I use. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a misunderstanding here. Okay, so let's fix this message where there's this gap in knowledge. Or, you know, we'll see like, that's interesting. We, I was working with a client a couple of weeks ago and she and I were just, we did, um, we did some cute, I do live keyword research with clients. Like I don't go off into my, you know, cave and like pull this out like a magic wand. Like I will 
pull up, you know, my various tools and use it live with clients so they can see why and how I'm making recommendations. And we saw a keyword that it was like, holy crap, you have to be ranking for this. Like it was a non-negotiable, like we, it's like, we've got to make this happen. So, and we didn't realize that it was something that her audience would be searching for. Like it, it seemed so niche that there wouldn't, both of us just assumed it was so niche that no one would be looking for it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, uh, wait a second. So it revealed that actually we had a slight misunderstanding of the sophistication of the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I get excited about talking about that kind of stuff. Is it's not just like, oh, we can get your website found, which is great and important. And there's some really great data around thought leadership and all that kind of stuff that I'm happy to chat about. But it's also that we get these amazing insights, probably much like you get when you look in ads accounts, yeah. you look at yeah. like lookalike audiences and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Like I wouldn't have thought that someone who clicked on that ad was also interested in that. Oh, what story does that tell? Exactly. And that's what, that's why I love that stuff is not, not because I think it's like so cool and exciting to like rank in Google, you mm-hmm. know, it's that mm-hmm. we get deep audience insights and then can adjust everything right to meet that audience where they're at right yeah I love that I think the same thing with um when I how I approach Facebook ads because I remember so, um, I had a client who um she argued me down that people did not want to see her face in ads so let me tell you like she argued me she was like nobody wants to see my face it's all about you know the tool because it was it's a startup so it was a tech company and she was like oh, yeah. it's all about the app and the tool and that kind of thing and so I'm like, okay, let's just try it. Like, you know, so I, we wrote three, we wrote the same script. We had one script. It was one video where she recorded it just of her talking. It was like iPhone straight on just talking. We had her video editor create, take her voiceover and do like an animation kind of thing where it was not, not any of her, but just her voice. And then we had them also do a combined one of her animation and her, and her picture. So it was kind of like cutting in and out between her and the animation. The ad that won out was the one of her just talking. Like, by first. And so one of those, and there was a learning for us because it helped us to understand that her audience wants to see her. They want to, they want to connect with her. Right. And so that helped us to say like, okay, well, we need to get, create more reels with you because we were at the time they were creating more animated kind of stuff. And so I'm like, well, we need, you need to start talking to your people. You need to start going live. You need to start doing these interviews and doing these workshops and things like that, because people are connecting with you. Yes. The brand and the startup and the tech is, is important but they are connecting with you. And so those are kinds of things that you can, you know, the learnings that you get when you start to invest in ads, when you invest in SEO and these kinds of tactics that will give you information about your audience. But that, cause that's the thing with organic social, it doesn't give you that, a whole lot of information. That information then you can use like in your, like, so if someone, you know, if I was your client, like I'd also be like, well, that's interesting. Maybe I should also look at investing in YouTube. Yeah. Um, because it's like, there's something maybe we should invest in writing some really strategic thought leadership based articles mm-hmm. that get you know that have that voice of the ceo of this company come across and help people get like there's a an app i use that it it quite frankly doesn't completely serve me anymore but mm-hmm. i'm making it work because i like the ceo of that company so much Right. Like I'm I'm making it work because I've bought into his vision. Yeah. And, you know, and this is so it's like that little bit of information that you provided her is such a gift because it's like and then if, you know, she were to come to me and she's like, well, Stacy says that this video, you know, with my face is working really great. And like, I'd be like, oh, 
okay. So let's focus on, let's, let's look at the SEO data and like create a, you know, a content strategy that centers your vision and like, will also emphasize authorship, which is an important thing. I can talk about, this could be a whole separate podcast, but, <laughs> but authorship is a very, it is one of those, this is one of my, I, I have a fair amount of hills I'll die on. This is one of my biggies is that um, we're seeing this interesting trend in Google around authorship. And like, if the author of content is actually proving both their experience and expertise, um, that content is actually, so experience, how do they come to these conclusions? You know, mm -hmm. expertise, what is their, you know, what is their, what are their chops basically? What's yeah, their cred? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that if they're doing that and we're doing some strategic linking and the whole bunch of very tactical things, um, that that content actually performs better than content that doesn't do that. And yeah. so I think it's actually going to become bigger, especially with all this AI crap that I know you use AI in a really strategic and useful mm -hmm. way. There are people plugging like, to be, say, telling like Bard, like write me an article about, you know, how to hire a life coach. And then they're like copying and pasting that onto their website. And they think that's going to help them rank. Like, and like Google's like, this is, this isn't original. Like we don't like, even if you wrote that by hand, they would still be like, nah, that's crap. Like that's right. not actually useful to the ecosystem of the internet. Yeah. And <laughs> so I did want to, I did want to say like, I know you use it in a really clever yeah. and creative way. That yeah. is not what I'm talking about. Right. Y'all do not copy and paste junk that Bard or ChatGPT or whatever spits out onto your website and call it an article. Google right. knows. They're really savvy. They know. Yeah. Especially they when know. you're using their tool. Like if you're using Bard and that's Google's tool, then of course they're definitely <laughs> they're going to know. No. Yeah. Because I, I I think, I don't know if I actually even did a, I might've did a podcast episode about AI. Um, I'll have to link it in it's the really show interesting, notes. interesting actually. Um, because, uh, you know, because like that's the, that's one of the things I wanted to definitely um, hit on some like, you know, trends and stuff like that. And I also wanted to talk to you about how SEO and AI play together or how they, how it affects it. So, um, but what I will say is like, I would love to know like a little bit about what, how, what is, when we talk about SEO, because I know that, you know, some of our, our listeners are not marketers by trade. I like have no idea. Um, Reasonable. It's not a normal topic exactly. people talk about. Exactly. It's really, it's not. <laughs> and so talk a little, talk to me a little bit about what SEO is on like a surface level, right? Like we don't have to go into all the, yeah. all the, all the things. I'm but, not going to go into all the techie yeah. stuff because it's boring. Yeah. So what is it and and why is that really important for our CEOs who are listening that want to really kind of take their businesses to the next level, especially as we are in November and we're coming up to 2024, why is it, what is it and why is it really important for us to pay attention to, especially right now where we're at in the, in the marketing landscape that we're in currently? So here's the reality. And this is, if, if y'all don't take, if you take away nothing else, this is a piece of information I'd like you all to take with you and like sit on and think 90% of internet experiences. So that means when someone picks up their phone, fires up their browser, whatever, however they are experiencing the internet starts with a search. Mm. And we oftentimes don't even think of ourselves as searching. Like here's kind of the wild. Like I do this all the time. Like we'll pick up our phone and we'll start to type, you know, you can kind of pull down on your iPhone and type something in. Mm. That is a search. Like that is starting. So there are searches happening constantly. And so 90% of the time when someone is using the internet, they, the first thing they have done is some kind of search, whether it's for a specific website or a specific person, or they're looking for a product 
or I mean, there's just, I mean, oodles and oodles and oodles. That's a technical term of, <laughs> um, I mean, real talk yeah. um, of searches happening all the time. And so when I see someone say SEO isn't for me, so that stands for search engine optimization. I'm like, that's weird. I can't imagine that your audience. <laughs> oh, people say that to me all the time. Wow. Um, and, and they're like, well, people don't search for what I'm doing. And I'll be like, would you like me to prove you wrong? Because I will. <laughs> because we just, we, we humans, we search without even realizing that we're doing it. And so what I see when someone's absolutely ruled that out as an option, I'm always just like, that's really, that's, that's a strange, it's a strange approach. Um, in my mind, you're closing yourself off to an audience that, um, that is looking for what you're offering. Now, those audiences can be, I mean, they can be, you know this, Stacey, they may be solution aware. So they may be someone like, I need a consultation with a Facebook ads expert because I'm running my ads and nothing's happening and I know something's wrong. And like, I would sure love them to find you and have, you know, do a VIP day with you to diagnose this and get it sorted out, right? Like that is a solution solutional aware person. A lot of our audiences, though, if you are what I call a knowledge business, so that's what I specialize in, is working with knowledge businesses. So these are people like you and me, high level of knowledge, high level of expertise. These are my financial advisors, my attorneys, um, CPAs, uh, podcast producers, like these people who have like deep, 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 like they're nerds. But like they're cool nerds, right? Like deep knowledge. Um, a lot of their audiences actually don't know the solution. Like they they know they have something going on, or they know that they want to reach next level, and they're not quite sh quite sure how to get there. So that may be someone you know who says, you know, I feel like I've like tapped out my audience with social media. I don't know what I should do next. Should I do? Should I run Facebook ads, or should I invest in PR? That might be like like Facebook ads versus PR. I can guarantee you that something someone Google. So that's someone who's problem where they're kind of like, what is I? or they may even be early enough in the journey to be like uh, tapped out social media audience. You know, like there's all kinds of wacky things people Google. And so hopefully they would find a wonderful article written by you explaining the, the different options of like growth. Like, hey, so you've tapped out your social media audience. What are the not opportunities? You can do this. Here's the pros and cons. You can do that. Here's the pros and cons. Here's another approach. And like, you can lay that out. And what you've done is you've, you've reached them where they're at in that kind of problem aware stage. At that point, it's actually unlikely someone's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to book that VIP day. Like, but they might take a quiz you have. They might get on your mailing list. They might hang out and get to know you. And then you can build a relationship with them. And then when they are ready, when they've decided, yeah, Facebook ads are where it's at. You know, or I actually, you know, you know what? I actually need to hire a CMO to help me with this. Like, I'm going to reach out to Stacy. Like, they're not going to think about anyone else because there's already been that solution. And there's some really interesting data. See, I'm drawing like this very long <laughs> in B2B spaces. So listen up if you are someone who, who your services are for other businesses. About 80% of people who are buying in a B2B context have actually made their purchasing decision before they ever reach out to you. Like that is data, that's from Gartner. Yeah. So if you get someone in, if you get them into your uh, a search fuel funnel, when they're in that problem aware stage, they're not gonna look anywhere else. Yeah. And I mean, that's what the data tells us. Like, yeah, sure, there's some people who will. Most folks, it's gonna be just a matter of like, 
doing the paperwork. And yeah. so there's a whole lot of fascinating, really fascinating stuff out there about search um, that I can go on and on about. Um, but that's why I feel like it is an important part of yeah. a, a, a holistic or integrated, whatever your preferred word is, marketing strategy. I also believe things like ads are really important part of that as well. And mm -hmm. things like PR and all of these pieces, they all play together. Mm -hmm. um, what SEO is not to me, to me, is I'm going to like put a bunch of keywords on my website and get a bunch of traffic. That's mm -hmm. great if you are selling white t-shirts. Yeah. Fabulous. You right. know, those people are, you know, they care about, up. Oh, is this the size I want? Is this the price point I want? Um, what, how fast is the shipping? Is there a promo code? Like that is great. Those are not my people. My mm -hmm. people are the ones who are solving complex problems and mm -hmm. SEO gives us an opportunity to reach those folks with complex problems early on in their journey and build a relationship with them yeah. in a way that's different than all the other pieces out there, which are also great. <laughs> yeah. I love that because it, it really, that's such a great um, breakdown of why SEO is so important and really kind of what it is because, you know, like you were saying, like 90% of internet searches and of, of internet experiences start with a search. And I think that, you know, if you're thinking about it, and when I, when you said that I started thinking about like, oh my goodness, like, yeah, I do. Like when I get on, even if I'm going to, sometimes I'll like search, like I'll just Google Facebook ad library or something like that. Cause I don't feel like typing in the URL. Right. <laughs> so you type it, and then sometimes weird stuff pops up and you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So I love that because it does help us to really kind of look at marketing in a more holistic kind of sense. And even though we search every day, we're searching for things, SEO, you know, as a business owner, you want to make sure that you're showing up for the things that yes. your clients are searching for, your potential clients are searching for, and you're helping to solve a problem that they may have. And I love that you also mentioned that a lot of people are, you know, they're not necessarily as, as solution aware as we think that they are, right? They, they are, are absolutely not as solution They're aware. starting their search with a problem that they have. And it's like, okay, you know, how do I know which direction to go? What should I do? Right. And so it really is important for us to really kind of show up and make sure that, SEO is a top of mind as we are creating content, especially because now we're just in such a uh, content heavy world where quality of content matters. It's not just saying like, you know, I'm putting out tons of, like I'm putting out six blog posts a week, but it's like, I need to make sure that you're putting out a very quality piece of content. I rather, I personally would recommend you rather, I'd rather you put out one quality piece of content a week than to say I've had, you know, six different pieces of different blogs posts this week. Cause it's Let so me important. Tell you, you know what my standard recommendation one. So one of, so in, um, we, we, we have a, our sort of flagship, um, solution is, um, a three part, three month, um, program. And it's a one-on-one -on -one thing in the first month we do what I call spark sessions, which is we really develop a conceptual framework for your thought leadership. We also plug any holes that I see, right? Like if I can't, if I can't create an SEO strategy for your offer as it is, because we figured out that the audience isn't, it's not, there's like an audience offer mismatch. We'll mm -hmm. fix that before we ever do the marketing strategy, right? Like it doesn't make sense to not fix that. Um, you know, if we have like, if we're realizing that we're talking to an audience that's maybe less sophisticated than the audience that we should be talking to, we'll fix that. And um, in the second month, that's when we do all the done for you, like get all, I'm not making a pitch. I just know it sounds like I'm making a pitch well, for I services. I tell people because I'm going to tell you the pitch at the end anyway. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but in the second month, you know, we do, we go in and do the SEO audit and sort of the techie stuff people associate with, um, with SEO. But on the back end of that month, what we also do is we put together a content strategy um, for what I believe is the 
best way to leverage the search engine for my knowledge businesses and who are, I consider them to be thought leaders. We're actually launching an article series um, that I worked with a really wonderful creative writer to write um, about our clients. And we're calling them thought leader stories because that's who I really believe we're talking to here is mm-hmm. they don't identify themselves that way, but that's what they are. They're all yeah. trying to like, I say like step one, align your authority. Step two, change your world. Like that's what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what we, you know, I don't tell people to write an article a week. I say, let's shoot for one a month mm-hmm. because over a year, you're going to have 12 killer pieces of content using a search fueled structure that is that you can then use like keep them up to date you know piece them apart like use them for your socials you know use them for your ads use them for your podcast episodes you know create youtube videos like based on these and insert like this can be and then two years you've got 24 i mean would i love people to do two a month yeah but i'm a pragmatist like i know how hard it is for people to do really amazing high level thought leadership. And I actually, this is another one of my hills. I believe the CEO of the company needs to be, it is a non-negotiable. They need to be involved in that process. Yeah. Like they absolutely, not only that, they should be the voice of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just the difference, like your client who having her face in the ad, the difference is seismic, honestly, in mm-hmm. having the CEO be the voice. Yeah. Um, you know, and I say that as, you know, I mentioned that I have some writing coming out that I hired a writer to mm-hmm. for a reason. And we actually have her as sort of the journalist who's writing this for our website, you know, named as an author. So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> to say about this. But um, that thought leadership piece, like you can do, I am yet to find a business that cannot find the time in a month to write one really high quality search fuel article. Like, and the, that's where you're problem aware people who, who they know they need help with something, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, problems can be good problems too. It's like, ah, I'm at capacity. Like, what do I do next? You know, like I'm, I'm, I've grown and I don't know the next steps. You know, it can be those kinds of things. You know, sometimes there are things like, yeah, it's time for me to like get my business finances in order, you know, who can help, you know, how to, what, what's the, my next step. So there's lots of different ways, but, and again, the data tells us, so this is something I'm going to, I told you I got data. Like I was like rolling up my sleeves before this. I'm like, I got to pull up my data because I think this makes, um, uh, so a more human voice. Remember how I was talking about that. I love that you told me that story of your, your client with the ads because it holds true in like written thought leadership too, Mm -hmm. which is 64% of people who are doing B2B purchases. This is from the Edelman study. They prefer a more human, less formal tone of voice. So if you all read, you know, my news, I send a weekly newsletter. It's really great. Um, You read my articles, anything like that. I actually make a point, not just because I am a pretty friendly, nice person, but because I know that's what my audience wants. They want a more human, less formal. They're, they're talked at to, you know, these are high achieving business people. They're talked at all the time. Right. And like, if you can actually have a conversation with them, it's like almost like a breath of fresh air. It's a relief. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then 67% of those buyers those B2B buyers same study they prefer a knowing that it's a point of view of an identifiable author mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so again like I'm like so yeah. if we start piecing together that data with the search engine and we're and someone comes across you know maybe you're an attorney I have a lot of clients who are attorneys and they're all cool attorneys and um 
if any of you all are listening, I am talking about you. You are very cool. Um, <laughs> and um, they all have really interesting perspectives on legal work and the the impact it has on their clients. And so if you're, say, an attorney and you do intellectual property, well, you can talk about trademarks and all the nuts and bolts, like here's how you file a trademark. Here's the waiting times. Here's this. Here's that. And yeah, you might get fine in, found in Google. If you're the attorney who's talking about how to leverage trademarks to make more money. Yeah. Or how to leverage trademarks to like, you know, to like license your IP to, you know, expand your business. And here's why this matters. Yeah. The data tells us that the buyers of that service are more likely to purchase from you than the person who's like, here's how you file a trademark. Here's what the waiting times are. Here's what the fees are. Like, and it makes sense. Like you're human, you know, it makes more sense like that. That's, but again, people, when they create search content, they suddenly go into this textbook mode. Yeah. That's not what we want. Yeah. So I can talk about this forever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, I kind of talked at you quite a bit there. Um, no, it was, I think it was so informative because what, I, what it started to make me think about is what we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier is with AI, um, because it's like AI is great for being able to give you like concrete, like how to, like how to build a Facebook ad or how to run a Facebook yep. ad or how to, you know, write and, and you know, how to do keyword research or whatever it is yep. that you're like, you know, looking for tactical steps on. But one of the, and I might've been, I can't remember, I feel like I talked about this in a live or something. So I have to actually do an episode <laughs> on AI. Um, but one of the things that I think is so interesting is that we're in a space where AI is taken off and AI can give you this like actionable, you know, like do this step by step by step by step kind of stuff. And that's great. And that's awesome. And that, that you know, it's useful. But, where, but if you think about where consumers are at, consumers are in a space where they want thought leadership. They want you to under, they want to hear somebody's perspective. And that's what AI cannot give you. AI, can, AI cannot give you a perspective on a topic. And so I love what you said, because it's just so important to understand that even if technology is going one way, at the end of the day, your consumers, you have to go the way that your consumers are going because they're the people that's going to buy from you. Like, right, like Google, for the most part, unless you're doing B2B deals, Google's not about to buy from you, right? Like, or, you know, the, the people who are doing like the technical how-to stuff, right? Like that kind of stuff is easily found, easily searchable, fine. Yeah. Like I can go to, any, I don't have to, I'm not feeling connected to anybody that just tells me how to build a Facebook ad. And how are you going to convert that person into your audience? Like, this is my other question that I ask because a lot of folks will tell me, well, I did all this SEO. I've written articles and I'll go and audit their content. And I'll say, well, your, your content is all just telling people like what code to put into their websites. A lot of my clients are also web designers. That's another kind of interesting niche that I have. And it's like, that's not actually like what is going to inspire someone to give you their email address, which is a very valuable asset that they have. Like, why am I going to it's give like currency you- now. Yeah. It is currency. And, but if say you're, you know, you're a web designer who is explaining, you know, the content strategy behind an about page, because, you know, we all get, I don't even need to look up the keyword research. I know that's a very heavily searched thing because mm -hmm. we all freak out when we have to go write our about yes, page. Literally. And, yeah. you know, you have like, you know, a quiz or a, you know, a workbook or something that helps people get even more clarity after the article that breaks down the important components of an about page and why they're important. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you've earned my email address. Like, I'm, I'm curious what else you're going to tell me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And maybe as I'm thinking about hiring this, cause like, you know, like you kind of realize like designing a website is not something that most 
CEO should be doing. Why mm-hmm. do they always try? I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, um, you know, then, you know, who do you think about? The person who gave you this really wonderful, profound insight that wasn't offered elsewhere. The yeah. also amazing thing is that Google, starting at the end of last year at Search on 2022, they said, you know, we are going to start valuing even more so information that is providing new insights, mm. that is um, progressive building off of what is already in the search engine. And we're actually going to start displaying the results differently. So, you know, right now it is changing somewhat for certain searches, but right now, if you do a search, you'll see a lot of um, information where it's lots of the same kind of article and they tend to be very prescriptive. Mm-hmm. but Google has said like, you know, we realize that is not keeping people in the search engine. Mm-hmm. Google's very pragmatic mm-hmm. that people are like, they're clicking on three of these and they're like, what? Like this is all a bunch of the same junk. Right. And right. so they're saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to be adjusting the algorithm over the next few years. It's going to to change the, the way that information is displayed. It's going to be more visually immersive. It's going to have, um, more, you know, it's just going to have more different um, stuff that people will um, be able to access. And so I've seen that I did a, so I'm going to tell a little story of my own efforts in this. When I read that, I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Let's do a little experiment because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the way my brain works. I'm like, let's do a little experiment. Yeah. Let's see. Cause there has been a keyword that I, um, that has been quite competitive that I've had in the back of my mind that would be interesting to target. And that's SEO for coaches. Mm-hmm. Now I don't work with a ton of coaches, but I work with a few of them. Like I have a few really cool coaches, like executive coaches, those sorts of folks in my audience. And, um, I've, I've, you know, but I've never loved the content that's out there. No offense to anyone who has written content like that, but it's very much like first you do keyword research, right? Then yeah. you do your, your metas and then you do this and then you do that. And I'm like, you know, like, I just don't think that's very good for good information for these people. Like, I don't think they need, I know what these people are doing all day. They, they're not going to be doing keyword research. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I talk to these people. Like I talk to these people and when I talk to them, they want to know their biggest question is, am I ready for SEO? Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not like, like, Oh, how do I do keyword research? I know for my actually one-on-one human conversations, am I ready? So I was like, well, what if, what if I try a little experiment? Cause I knew it was a competitive keyword. I knew there were some really big high, high authority websites, mm-hmm. um, that were ranking in the top for that. And there were also some, you know, site, some, some professionals who specialize only in SEO for that audience. So I knew it was like kind of going to be, uh, it was like, you know, was it going to work or not? So I wrote a different kind of article that was all about, it was an essential guide to SEO for coaches. And I talked about how, you know, with that in mind that the questions I've been asked by real people are, am I really ready? Like, is this, cause people get in their minds that like there has to be, and they're right. There are certain things you shouldn't do SEO. If for example, you don't have a framework for your coaching practice Yeah, because it's yeah. going to be really hard. Like it's going to be really hard to develop the content strategy. It's going to be really hard to, you're probably still also in a place where you're going to be changing a lot of your information. If you don't, there's a whole bunch of reasons, reasons why, if you do not have, if you have not sold your offers consistently, Mm-hmm. You're, there's probably something else going on, like a product market fit, maybe, maybe there's a demand issue. Maybe you need to fine tune, like there's a bunch of reasons, right? Why? And it's probably the same with ads. Like you don't want to run ads to something that hasn't sold. Right. Like if there's eyeballs on it and it's not selling, that's a problem. 
Right. <laughs> no, it's not an eyeballs problem. problem. Right. It's not an eyeballs problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that sounds, but a lot of people don't realize that they think it's a numbers game. And yeah. yes, there is a certain numbers game, but if you're closing zero of the 30 people who have been interested in it, you don't want to close zero of 3000 people who've been interested right. in it. Like exactly. that's, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need, and you need to have some math. You need to be able to do the math also to figure out how much traffic you would need to get to increase your sales to whatever level you want to increase. Probably right. the same with ads. Yeah. Um, so I wrote this article kind of breaking down a lot of that pre-work, like what is the stuff you need mm-hmm. bef- really before you reach out to someone like me? Cause I know these people are not doing SEO on their own. Like why yeah, would they do exactly. SEO on their own? That would be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and like one of them was like a unique angle or perspective. And I can't remember what the others were, but it was, you know, a really interesting breakdown. I thought, I thought it was a really good article mm-hmm. and that started ranking in a few days. Wow. And it quickly was like number seven and it kind of, it's, and now it kind of bounces around in sort of the top four-ish, just depending on mm-hmm. the mood of Google. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one, it's an art and it's, I actually would, I actually almost within a week got a new client from that article oh. yeah. um, because it had the person said, I thought I wasn't ready for SEO. Look at that. Answering the questions so they, that you have. Look at that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and they had Googled SEO for coaches, mm-hmm. hoping to get a unique insight. And I'm yeah. like, that's, now that's a, that's a data point of one, right? Um, but it tells me again that that, that is very fast for something to appear that high in the search engine. That's very atypical. But Google must have seen, my theory is, is that, you know, what Google has explicitly stated, which is we want to see unique perspectives, new angles, fresh information. Mm-hmm. It saw that and was like, wait a second. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> wait a second here. And so it it basically almost gave me bonus points is the way I like. So I kind of got to accelerate. It's like putting, you know, throwing fuel on it. Um and I have lots of little stories like that because it's been my experiment over the last year with my own stuff and then some friendly clients who've been willing to kind of go on this ride with me as well um, and thinking about their own content strategy because that's what SEO is. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is it's content strategy. It's messaging yeah. strategy. Yeah. It's not just plugging keywords in. That's yeah. BS. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love if that. If you're a knowledge business, if you're a knowledge business, you're it is not plugging in keywords. It is your, it is your messaging strategy. It is your content strategy. It is the way you speak to your audience. Um, it's the information that you present them with. It's all that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I also believe it's actually your like offer alignment. Yeah. Um, yeah. SEO will show you if your offers and your message are not aligned. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's depressing. <laughs> but it's clarifying and we need to know that. Because I, I tell it people, is, you know what does not work and all, in order to understand what does work. Like you have to be able to, you have to be willing to run some, I remember like, you know, one time when I was at Zappos, we were, um, you know, we had run ads for this brand so many times and like, we end up to the point where we create playbooks for brands. We're like, okay, we have a Crocs playlist and we playbook. We know exactly what works for Crocs. I would love love to see the Crocs playbook. I'm going to be really honest. They had a big, it was not, it was fun because they had like a, like Crocs originally, like if you think about where they were at, like they were just like nursing shoes and stuff like that. But then 
while I was working at Zappos, we got to do some really fun, cool, creative kind of stuff for Crocs because they had been in that rebrand kind of space where they're like, we do oh, want to reach, you know, these other kind of groups of audiences. Um, My husband but, and all his friends have Crocs and it's the funniest thing in the world. I have, I have house Crocs. I have outside Crocs. Yeah. I have slippers, fuzzy Crocs. I love Crocs. Yeah. They talk about their Crocs, how much they love their Crocs. It's like sport mode like, or like, you know, regular mode. Like I, I love Crocs. Like I, I was not sold on Crocs until I got the Zappos. When I got the Zappos and everybody was walking around in Crocs, I'm like, what are these ugly shoes? And then I tried them on and I was like, oh my gosh, now I have three or four pairs. I was like, oh, these sandals are just so like, they're so basic. But then they became literally to the point where I wore my Birkenstocks so much, I had to throw one of them away. Cause I was like, this is just they're crazy. So like, comfy. They're so comfortable. <laughs> um, like, honestly, I don't know how like fun you like, you try to make them with like the metallic straps and stuff. They're exactly. still super dorky. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. It is, but they're just like so comfortable. And so like, I, I love, so we, I got to run ads during their rebrand and, and that kind of stuff. But um, it's just, it speaks to what you were saying. It really just speaks to, the importance of understanding that, you know, as a thought leader and as someone in this kind of knowledge-based space, like you have to have a perspective. So it's not about just saying like, I have content, but it's like, what is the perspective that I am putting on this content? What is the spin? How am I being, you know, not even like spinning it. I don't mean like in a negative way, but like, how am I taking this one basic kind of concept and adding my thoughts to it and actually adding some color to it so that people understand you know, how things, you know, my perspective and they buy into me as the brand. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to ask you was now I feel like we've, we've definitely sold people on SEO, right? We've gotten people like, okay, I, I get it. I, you know, I'm, I'm understanding it. I'm, I'm really kind of seeing the importance of it. Do they understand it? Or have I just like completely like confused them? <laughs> I, think they under, I think that they understand. Cause I'm like, I'm like, my thing is like, I, you know, I've learned so much just from talking to you about SEO and I've known about SEO for a while, because like I said, had to learn how to do everything. It was a marketer of one for a lot of times. And I had to learn SEO. I had to learn this and all this. And so I love how you've talked about how the landscape has kind of um, evolved. Because I remember, you know, when people were doing keyword stuffing and then Google said, yeah. no, we don't want you to do keyword stuffing because, you know, then you're just trying to play, play the algorithm. And now Google is saying like, no, we don't want you to just create all this basic content. We want you to really have thought leadership and, you know, add your perspectives and stuff like that. What do we do now? Like, what are some steps that we are taking? Because now that, because we've already even talked about if, how do we know if we're ready for SEO? You gave us a great kind of walkthrough if we know that we're ready. What are the action steps that we take next to figure, to, to really kind of start this process of implementing SEO? So here's, here's what I would recommend to anyone. And I think this is really accessible and approachable for anyone. If you sit down and you make a list, of three big concepts, like, and big, it is very much defined by your niche, three big concepts that you want to be known as the subject matter expert on. So for me, for example, you know, I am, my, my things are, I am known, I've really worked hard to be known as the, um, the person who can get you found on Google, right? Like, like I, uh, it's kind of cool. Um, I am known as a person who can help you basically your consulting business be less stressful and more profitable. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also known as like 
on a third level as like someone who can help you like with your kind of like frameworks, like big picture, that kind of. And now different people, I actually have some Sarah words I use for those three things um, that aren't important here, but that's kind of what my list of three things would be. And Stacey, I bet you could rattle off like, you know, three things pretty easily, um, which you are welcome to do if you would like to. <laughs> Because I was thinking about it while you were just saying that because I just saw so I recently just did an audience survey and I was asking them like what is their big focus is right now and the top three were increasing their revenue and profitability the second one was increasing their visibility um and the third one was like growing their email list or something like that uh or no generating no the second one was generating more leads it was first it was increasing profitability and, and revenue the second one was generating more leads and then the third one was increasing their visibility and so I'm like oh Maybe those are my content pillars. <laughs> those are probably your content pillars. So you know exactly where we're going with this. So with those three big concepts, like sort of, you know, kind of put, put them in your pocket. Be like, I'm going to walk around with these. These are going to be the things I'm going to it, kind of, you know, ride with. Um, start looking through, you know, to the, this is very like, this is sounds so lightweight and so almost too easy. Start looking through like, note to you have from client calls, if you have audience surveys, if you have emails from people, like what you have in the, like in your real experience with real people. So if you remember, you know, I was talking about developing that article by SEO for co coaches, you know, what came, you know, that thing that came from me was like, most of the coaches I've talked to, they don't care about keyword research. They don't care about optimizing their metas. Like they don't care about, they don't know what an SEO title is or if their images are, you know, have the right alt text. Like they don't, that's not what they're thinking. They're like, am I ready? Yeah. you know, cause they don't want to fail. Right. Yeah. And so what are the real questions that your audience sliding in each of those three? Cause I like things in threes. Real mm -hmm. talk. I love the three number three. Three is my favorite number. So whenever I like, I literally, if I do three, make three mistakes or three, this it's just because I like three. <laughs> and so you can think about, okay, so within each of those, what are three big questions? Again, we're kind of that, that your audience has related to each of those. Now you can go into Google and get fancy and use a tool. There's a tool called Keywords Everywhere and even actually tactically start looking to see, oh, are people actually searching for these things? You will find that people probably are. If you've been asked these questions, if you've had these conversations in real life, the search engine in real life are not operating separately. They are not two different realities. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they are, <laughs> like they were all on the same planet, right? <laughs> That's something else people don't realize is like what your clients are asking you in real life is literally what they're also asking in the search engine. Mm -hmm. um, and so start, so with that in hand, you would have hopefully nine primary topics that you could start with mm -hmm. for um, thinking about your articles. Like what are, cause these are for our, our problem aware people. So mm -hmm. the solution aware people, there's other specific things we can do. I'm really concerned about the problem aware people cause that's what's going to work for you for literally years. Yeah. Literally years. I have one article that brings in 24% of my website traffic. That article, one time I did the math and I, I did the math about three years ago and like 18 months in and it had brought in $50,000 in revenue. Wow. Yeah. One article. Wow. Um, I, I did an update to it and I know it was over six figures wow. um, in revenue. Yeah. That one article mm -hmm. and it continues and it, it, um, so that's what I mean when I say like evergreen, like it's something that will continue to bring in revenue, bring it, build your audience, like all of that kind of stuff. So you'll have nine, basically from that, like nine articles that would hopefully do the same for you. Yeah. Now there's a whole lot of other things that you can do, but if you did that, 
you are going to be so much farther ahead than the vast majority of business owners mm-hmm. so far ahead. Mm-hmm. And I would be, and of course you want to have a way for these folks to get into your sales funnel. You want mm-hmm. to have a way to, a way to continue to engage them. Um, I'm really big on um, quizzes or assessments right now because I'm seeing very high conversion rates from those. Yeah, we can watch my quiz. It's watching soon. It might be launched by the time this episode's out, to be honest. <laughs> I'm seeing very, very, very high conversion rates um, from quizzes. I'm really excited. I'm working with the client soon to do another. I've done a bunch of, so, you know, that, that the service I was talking about that has the three months, the last month we do something. It's a choose your own adventure thing. Mm-hmm. A huge percentage of my clients in that last month, we have been actually building assessments as the end point of their SEO funnel. Yeah. So, because what we're seeing is such great ROI for, and there's, I think something with you pique people of interest by solving their problem a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Ooh, this quiz is going to help me like figure out even a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's tempting. So then they'll do the assessment and then they get on your email list and there's, they've already kind of bought in because they've gone through these different steps that have been very engaging and educational and interesting and interactive. So anyway, I'm doing another with another client, like in a couple of weeks. So I'm like, all I'm doing is assessments and quiz assessments and quizzes. But I think they're, for me, it's a really exciting endpoint. I don't even know if you call it an endpoint, but that call to action in a search funnel, because people I think are already in a curious mindset. This is my theory. This yeah. is being really trying to psychoanalyze people. But if someone is searching and they find an article that solves their problem or gets them on the right path, and then they're presented with something else that's going to help them dig even deeper. Mm-hmm. And they're already in this mindset of like exploration. I think it's a very like, yeah. like my opt-in rate for my quizzes on this, on like that one article I was telling you about is so high. Wow. It's like 57% or something, just bananas. So it's like, what, anyway, sorry. I'm very, I get very nerdy about quizzes too. Oh, I love it. I have, cause your quiz is great. Like I took your quiz and it was like, um, so it was, it was about like, what's your next marketing move or something like that. And I, yeah. took, and it was spot on. And I was just like, this is exactly what my next step should be. Um, and so I, I, I do, I agree that quizzes are definitely one of those things that it, one, it helps people to self-identify where they're at because if, like you're saying, yes. if somebody's coming, if they're searching for something and they're coming to your site, they probably don't know where they're at yet. Like if they're trying no. to say, are you ready for SEO and stuff like that? They're probably just like, I don't know if I'm ready for SEO, but if I can take your quiz and it can help me to identify that I am ready or that even if I'm not ready, this is the thing I need to, you know, work on. And what to pieces can I put in place? Exactly. Exactly. So I, I definitely think like I took a, a class on quizzes because I was like, I can see me using a lot of different quizzes because people always ask me, am I ready for Facebook ads? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna create a quiz for you and let you know if you're ready for Facebook ads. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And so many of our, I mean, I know this isn't a podcast episode about quizzes, but you know, if you are, again, the service provider, knowledge business type, so much of what we do is actually diagnostics, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's mm-hmm. understand where you're at so we can define what the next best step is. Yeah. Right. And so doing a, you know, creating an assessment or a quiz like that is especially in tandem with like SEO or ads. I think SEO and ads really are like very closely aligned. Yeah. Um, it can be just another, a really good way to just help people move forward on those journeys and become part of that, like 82% that has decided on the purchase before they ever get on that sales call with you. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And this is my little anecdote if people need any inspiration um, is when I was more on the agency model, 
I had a product I service. Um, if anyone doesn't know what that is, I have a little course on it. Um, I, loved your, I loved your article on that too. I read that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I had a product I service that was a, um, a full complete website in one day. And this was before the day rate trend and the VIP day and all that. And it was, um, and it was, had very specific parameters around it. Um, that service was constantly, we had one spot a week. It was constantly booked. Like every Thursday was booked. The vast majority of those people never once got on a phone call. Mm. They would like inquire. There was a workflow that went out that sent them the info. They would fill it out, sign the contract, pay. I mean, these were not cheap products. Like the cheapest version of it was like $4,000. And the most expensive version of it was Mm $8,500. And the vast majority of those people probably tracking around that 80% number did not get on a call with me because, but they had gone through that SEO funnel where they were looking for this specific solution. It was a website for consultants. It was like, you know, these very specific sorts of things. So by the time they got into the sales funnel, like they didn't even talk to me. No, right. I, I actually love sales calls and like, it's real hard to actually get to work with me now without being on a sales call because mm-hmm. like, I like to get to know people, make sure I can help them all that. Yeah. But, but because you built that relationship through, you know, you solved their problem when they were looking, they came, you know, they explored more, found related information. They're like, this is a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to like buy the thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I've. I have many stories like that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the stories. I love everything that we've talked about today because it's just been so informative for those of us out there or those business owners out there that are really kind of stuck in one kind of thing. They're just like, okay, they're only seeing that 300 foot view instead of seeing that five mile view. So tell everybody how they can work with you. Tell people about your quiz or all the kind of things that you want them to all do, right. like how to connect with you, all the things. So you can find me at Sarah with an H moon, like the sky dot net net. Um, and if you go to my site, you'll see there's like a resource hub where you can get all kinds of cool freebies. The best one is this assessment they were talking about, which is called what's your next marketing move. And I, that is basically based on, I have a very specific framework that I use for my work, um, which is this aligned authority model, because I really do believe that, if you're leading a business in this day and age, um, it's not just about, I know we're talking about the roadmap to a million, but it is not just about the dollars and cents. It's about doing work that's joyful. It's about doing work that means something to you. It's about making an impact in your community, whatever that might be. Um, and so one of the biggest reasons I see people struggling is because they don't actually have alignment in their business top to bottom. And so that's my system is I make sure that 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 is happening. And that it's like, when that happens, you just feel a weight off of you because it feels easy and it feels good. And so that's something I really believe in. And so that's what this assessment is based on is it, it really helps you figure out what is the next thing to focus on to help move in that direction, because it is a continual journey. Um, So whether you're brand new or you've been around for 15 years, like me, there's going to be a step for you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like a beginning, middle and end. It's really a cycle. Um, Also, I have a shop with some really fun workshops. Some of them are free. Some of them you got to pay for. If you want one of the paid ones, you can use the code millions for a discount. Oh, yeah, we got a code. <laughs> Come on, y'all, yeah, we got a code. Let me make sure the code is y'all. And there's, and I will tell you that includes booking a one-on-one with me to talk through whatever your challenges may be for an hour. 
So, um, you know, hit that, hit that promo code and, um, I will explode your brain. <laughs> yeah. Like you did today, like you did today. <laughs> and if you are ever interested in working with me one-on-one, just reach out to my website and we can talk about the best path forward for you. There's lots and lots of different, well, it's actually not lots. There's three different ways you can work with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they all use the same model and methodology and it really depends on your goals and what you're, you know, you know, how far down that road you want to look. So, <clears throat> yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming and giving us such great information. I told y'all that it was going to be full of fun information and full of gems. So if you have to, if you need to go back and listen to it, cause I know I'm going to go back and listen to it. And yes, I do listen to my own podcast, um, but I'm going to go back and listen to this episode as well. So definitely make sure that you are following the show. Cause I have some awesome, awesome other guests where I'm lined up and make sure that you head to the show notes to get all of Sarah's links and to her. I'm going to make sure the quiz link is in there, her site, all that kind of stuff. We'll make sure the promo code is in there as well. So yes, thank you so much again, Sarah, for coming on and give us such great information. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's been so much fun. Yeah, no problem. All right, y'all. We will see y'all on the next episode. OMG, that episode was packed with gems. Are you ready for more? Head over to stacyzeal.co slash podcast to get the show notes and to sign up to get our top five podcast episodes to help you streamline your marketing so you can make this your million dollar year. Head over to stacyzeal.co slash podcast.